0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Philippians. Here we are in the book of Philippians in our Route 66 series, and I just want to say how good and pleasant it is to have Jeremiah and Maddie back with us, huh? Yeah, praise God. Y'all can't do that anymore, okay? That yeah. was good. Oh, let me tell you something. I was really, you'd be proud of your worship team. They rocked it Sunday morning. They absolutely rocked it. And and Steve Bolden on the communion, wow, what a great, great job. And even Pastor Nathan Sauce did pretty good too, you know. Where is Nathan? He must be working tonight. Your brother working in the Dino? I don't know where no. You're not your brother's keeper, are you? Yeah. (laughs) Hallelujah. So um, uh, Heather will be here uh, at 1051 tonight. Her plane will land and uh, things will get back to normal, I hope. And um, I was eating lunch with some students today at Christ for the Nations. I usually do when I'm I'm there, stay there for lunch and... (laughs) I told him I got to head out early today. And one of them said, Why is that? I said, Because my wife's coming home tonight and she's been gone a few days and it looks like she's been gone a really long time. So I got to get that house in order before mama walks through the door. Amen. Y'all don't be passing that information on to her, okay? It's not like she doesn't know already. She knows I'm in panic mode right now. It's D Day. So, uh, Amen. I'm so glad all of you are here tonight. And those of you who are uh, tuned in by our live stream and those listening by podcast, thank you so much. We love you and we pray God's best to you. Amen. And you should come see us sometime. Amen. Actually, come and sit in the physical room. It's a good experience, but we're we're honored to have you join us. Uh, Who is on the computer tonight? I can't see who that is. God, God bless you, Connor. Um, are you ready to go? Well, I, I want to just give a little bit of um, history for just a moment um, on Philippi so that you can kind of know the area and, and know a little more, more about it. That's why we're walking through, doing a little snapshot of each book of the Bible so you can get to know it a little bit better. We we give a little historical background on on it and then... We, we have a map that we course through with. So, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But this, uh, you can read about this account where this all started in, in the book of Acts, in chapter 16, is where the ministry in Philippi started. Um, the, the Spirit led Paul to establish this church of Philippi on his, on his second missionary journey. Um, do we have that map by chance, Alex? Uh, man, I didn't bring my laser pointer. So, uh, if, if you'll notice, I'm just going to kind of walk over here by the screen. Over here is Asia, all right? And Paul had been here before in this area uh, on his first missionary journey. So when he started out on his second missionary journey, this is where he went. He went and got Timothy. You can read in, in Acts chapter 16, the very beginning, he meets Timothy, and, uh, and, and uh, he puts him into the ministry. Uh, through the initiation of circumcision, thank God that is not always the initiation, but it it was for Timothy. And the reason Paul did that it wasn't that he was trying to to make force Timothy into some rule. It was because Timothy was a half Jew, and uh, his father was a Greek, and so Paul just wanted to try to keep the peace. All right, if if we if we can avoid any kind of battle or riot or war or beating, let's do that. And so that's why. Uh, he had Timothy do that. So uh, so they take off, and, and and you can read through Acts chapter 16. They try to go up here to Phrygia and to Bithynia and to Mysia, and the Spirit would not permit them. He wouldn't permit them to go there. And so Paul's just trying to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, you know? Well, Lord, I've been here before, but, but you're saying something else. And they finally ended up uh, down in Troas, and I don't see Troas here, but it's, it's on the edge here, all right? Oh, there it is up there just by Mysia. Number three. See the number three? Anyway, And what's, what we know is Troy. Okay, And when they got there, the scripture says a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia saying, come over and help us. So Macedonia is this region, what we know as Europe. And so he, they make that, that course across uh, the Aegean Sea, and then they end up in a place called Neapolis. See up there? Neapolis, is the port city, and then about 10 miles in is Philippi. And that's where they ended up. They they ended up in Philippi. And Paul writes this letter somewhere around AD 61. This is one of his prison epistles, all right? Uh, The first one was Ephesians. And then now we're here in Philippians. There's four of them. I mean, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon are all prison epistles. So he's... He's, he's gone here to Macedonia, and they show up in, in, in Philippi now, and now this is what we know as Greece, but the Romans did not refer to it as Greece, all right? They, would, they, they didn't acknowledge it as Greece. I mean, they acknowledged their architecture, they acknowledged their language, uh, but they're there to take over. And so they, they have colonized this area, and uh, so the, instead of calling it Greece, they called this, this southern region Achaia and the upper region, Macedonia, all right? And Corinth was the capital uh, city of Achaia, and then you see in Macedonia is Philippi, Berea, Thessalonica, and you can read about all of those places throughout Acts 16, 17, 18, along in there. Okay, and uh, so um, so the Lord has called them here to Macedonia, and <clears throat> very few Jews live in Philippi at this At this time, and so they don't have a synagogue. When when Paul went into a city, he always went to his own people first. He would find a synagogue there and present the gospel to them. And most of the time, it turned out into a riot. I mean, it just that's just the way it was. They did not receive this message from him because they they were threatened by this message, saying that you know basically he's trying to destroy our whole religion. And so Paul would always prosper very well in preaching this message to the Gentiles. And so he gets there to Philippi. There's no synagogue. So he says, well, I I know where they probably are. So they go down to this river, and there are some Jews there. And and mostly it's women, and they're having a prayer meeting. And so they minister there, and there's a woman named Lydia there. And she's a prominent woman in, in Philippi who is a seller of purple, uh, and purple was extremely hard to come by then because of the way you had to extract the dye from this little uh, uh, shell creature from the ocean. And, and so it was rare and usually only reserved for royalty or people of upper echelon. And so she had a high dollar clientele. She was prominent in her city, and she hears this message from Paul, gets excited about it. Her and her whole house gets converted. All right? So now, then she invites Paul to come and set up his headquarters at her house, and she becomes one of his financiers for the ministry. Marvelous connection. First person he connects with. All right? It tells us something about God, that money follows ministry. Ministry does not follow money. You just go and do, and the Lord will resource what you're doing. But he needs you to move first. So this is a faith issue, not a money issue. Right? And... And... Uh, So so that your trust is in him and your faith is in him. So then the next thing they know, as they're in Philippi, they're going around and they're they're finding places to preach the gospel. And there's this young girl who is a, uh, she's a little fortune teller, all right? And she has brought a lot of profit to her fortune teller pimps. I don't know what they are exactly, but (laughs) they're profiting off of her fortune telling, all right? And so she is... She gets behind. She starts following Paul and his entourage around, and she's saying things like this. These are men of God. They show the way of salvation. You need to listen to them. Now, that all sounds pretty good, right? I mean, it didn't sound like, I mean, she's like their cheerleader. But she did it so often and so much that, that it became distracting to their ministry. Then Paul realizes, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. That's all encouraging, but there's something demonic behind this. So then he turns around one day and commands the spirit to come out of her, and the spirit came out. So now this girl is no longer, her life is not conducted by the power of the devil. Now she's free, and those who were profiting from her see that now their business is closed. So they command that Paul and Silas, who is with him here, Timothy has stayed back at this point, uh, and they command him and Silas to be thrown into jail while well, they first get beat with rods and then they get thrown into jail. And you know the story. They're in the very bottom, the dungeon of the, of the prison and their hands and feet are in the stocks and the chains. And the scripture says at midnight, they were praising God and singing songs. And the prisoners were listening to them saying, these are no ordinary prisoners. And they're worshiping God in an earthquake. God got in on their song. He started tapping his foot on that throne room floor. And that tap started reverberating throughout from heaven out throughout outer space and into the earth itself. And the earth started rocking. <laughs> Jailhouse rock. And the scripture says that the chains fell off and the prison doors opened. Isn't that extraordinary? Well, since when does an earthquake produce those kinds of results? Hmm? But when it's an earthquake that's from God, people don't get hurt. they get set free. So they get freed from that prison. The jailer, when he sees that all of these men are free in that prison and he's under their watch, they're all under his watch. He takes his knife out, his sword out to kill himself because he knows he's going to die anyway. He might as well die by his own sword. Paul sees him about to do it and says, no, 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 don't harm. do yourself no harm. We're all here. Nobody's run out of here. We're all accounted for. And the man came in to where Paul and Salisbury were and said, what do I have to do to be saved? Apparently, he had been hearing their songs or something. Something about these men had, had hit his ears. And so they said, believe on the Lord. You and all your house will be saved. So the jailer then takes Paul and Silas into his own house and he doctors their wounds, probably that he had inflicted upon them, and dresses their their wounds with bandages. And they preach the gospel and this jailer and all of his house get saved. This is the beginning of the Philippi church. Lydia, an ex-fortune teller, and a Roman jailer. Now that is a church that can change the world. It really doesn't take much. It just takes people united with one cause. No pun intended. <laughs> so now, with their, their conversions, things have begun. So Paul wrote this this letter because he opens it up. Paul, the servant of Jesus, so we know it's him. Uh, around sixty-one A.D. So the the reason for writing this letter, or, or let me say the, the occasion for writing this letter, is there's a man by the name of Epaphroditus. Can we all make a friend of that name? Epaphroditus. In some, uh, in some other um, uh, text, he's known as Epaphras. Okay? So we're going to use the shorter name, okay, just so we won't be here all night. Epaphras. While in prison in Rome, Paul received a visitor named Epaphras. All right? So he comes... <clears throat> And Epaphras is part has part of the church there. As a matter of fact, he's one of the ministers in the Philippian church. And he has come to be a blessing to Paul. He's brought a gift from the church uh, to present to Paul. And Paul is really grateful for this gift. And they wanted to hear about Paul's circumstances. They knew that he was in prison, and so they wanted to hear what was going on with him. You know, what's what's the latest news? And so Epaphras stayed there with Paul for for a a certain amount of time, and um, and then he assisted Paul in, in doing the Lord's work, and and in process he became seriously ill and nearly died, and uh, but Paul said the Lord was merciful to him and to me; otherwise, I would have sorrow upon sorrow. And so Paul was now intent on sending Epaphras back to the Philippians who heard of uh, that he had gotten sick, and. Uh, then he could report on Paul's circumstances to the Philippians. And he took the opportunity that uh, Epaphras' return uh, offered to write his letter to the Philippians. And so he, he wrote to thank them for their gift and to inform them about his circumstances in Rome and about his, his upcoming trial and to strengthen them in the hope of the gospel. The word joy is found, uh, if, you, if, if you're a King James Bible reader, it's found five times in this book. New King James It's four times, Uh, probably because of the same Greek word, just a different English word in its place. The verb rejoice or rejoiced or rejoicing is found 11 times in these four chapters, Uh, more than any other book except for the the book of Luke. So what do you think this book is about? Joy, right? What What was Ephesians about? You remember those two words? Yeah, y'all have slept since then, haven't you? Okay. In him. In him. In him. In him. In him. You see it over and over and over in Ephesians. So uh, now, I want to I just read some passages of Scripture to you. We don't have to put these on the screen because you really, most of you know these. I'm going to give them to you. If you're taking notes, you can write these things down. I'm assuming that you're not texting, that you're just taking notes, good notes. So, Okay, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Anybody know this verse of Scripture by by heart? Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You heard that verse before? Being confident of this very thing, that he who began, in other words, what he said was, God not only starts it, but he finishes it. So whatever he started, you can be confident he's going to finish the work. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank God for that. Hmm. I'm glad God's a finisher. How about about Philippians 1.21? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And this is where Paul made a decision. He said... uh, Really, I'm between a rock and a hard place on this. Because to be with Christ is far better. But it's to your profit that I stay, so I'm going to stay. Wait, who does this guy think he is that he can choose when he's going to die? Well, if believers could get this, they could get this. If believers could really get this and not buy into whoever made up, there's a clock with your day. That's set. Hmm? Bull butter. God promises long life. You know, it's the first commandment with promise, Paul said. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the earth. That's really God's desire is that people live long lives. So who gets to choose that? You get to choose that. He offers this promise if you want it, here it is. You don't have to believe it. You can die sick and young. That's your choice. <laughs> or you can be like Abraham, who died at a good old age. Not a frail, diseased, sick old age. A good old age. And this was, this was long after men were living long lives long after. Abraham died at 175 years old. all right, he was, uh, The scripture in Romans says that when he is 100 years old, he has Isaac, and he was at that age as good as dead. So he was already considered an old man at that point, right? <laughs> One foot in the grave. But no, not Abraham. Not when he walked with God. Something happened to him, that body. Strength came to that body, life came to that body, and the more he walked with God, the stronger he got. The stronger he got in faith, the more it reflected in his body. So much so that at the age of 140 or so, somewhere around there, his wife Sarah dies. All right? What guy that's 140 years old is going to start dating again? All right? Well, he did. He gets a new wife, her name is Keturah, and has six more kids. Wow. He walked with God. He had faith in God. Watch this, Philippians 2, 4, you know this one. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. That's that's the strength of this body right here. That's the strength of the church, brothers and sisters, that we look out for one another. How about Philippians 2.14? All, you'll all love this one. This one, good, good amen. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Amen! It's my favorite verse. Does <laughs> it say all things? Dadgummit. How about this one, Philippians 3.13? You know this one. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Let's all say one thing I do. Now listen, listen what one thing is. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. That sounds like three things, Paul. It's one thing. The way you forget what's behind is you get focused on what's ahead, huh? and you push for what's ahead, all right? You're not held back by what was back here. You're running that race with endurance. Yesterday is where it is. You can't do a thing about it anyway, all right? And the way to forget about it is to run from it. Go to the future. Amen. Amen. Look, at, look toward that prize that's ahead of you, the upward call of God in Christ. Huh? You have to consider that, oh, wait, wait, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. That means I got purpose while I'm here. There's something for me to do. Hmm? So go at it with all your might. That's what he said. One thing I do, and it's all one motion, Really? forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I mean, you don't want to be, you, you, don't want to, you don't want to live life like the pigeon does. The pigeon has a kind of a tough existence when it comes to its focus. Do you know this? The pigeon, I read this study years ago that why the pigeon walks like it walks. Have you seen how the pigeon walks? Should I demonstrate? Okay, so the pigeon cannot focus. His focus is slower than the speed of his walk. Okay, imagine he's constantly in and out of focus. All right, so he takes a step and he has to look forward. Then he takes another step and then you'll see that head go back. So when the pigeon's moving... That's what they're doing. All right, They're they're not strutting because they got some cool vibe about that. They really are just trying to see where they're going. In and out of focus, in and out of focus. All right? And the scripture says, here's your focus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So run your race with endurance. Hmm? Get your focus on Him. Hallelujah. That was worth coming to church for right there. How about this one? I love this. Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Yeah. Amen. Just in case you didn't hear me the first time. Yeah. I'm going to tell you again. Rejoice. Yeah. Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice! Joy is something that is it is a it is a, a fruit of the spirit, isn't it? Yeah, the fruit exactly. of the spirit is love, joy. But rejoicing, you ever had to reheat something in the microwave? <laughs> huh? Rejoicing is just calling that joy up. That's your part where you're. He's given you this joy, but you're gonna have to call it up. Hmm. You're going to have to express, it's the expression of that joy to sing to the Lord, to lift your hands, to dance, to shout. Those are all rejoicing in the Lord. That was worth coming to church for right there. Philippians 4.13, you know Philippians 4.13. Come on, help me out here. Miss Velma, you get a gold star tonight, ma'am. I can do, let's all say it together, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, I love that. I can do all things through Christ. How about Philippians 4.19? Mm, Gold star for you, Miss Crystal. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Thank God that he does not supply our needs according to to what this earth can afford. God supplies your needs according to his riches in glory, and according to how rich he is. Well, how rich is God? His pavement on his streets is pure gold. Okay. Maybe we need to think bigger, pray bigger, believe for bigger. I want, I want you to hear this beautiful prayer. And I want to encourage you to even pray this over yourself. All right? And this prayer is found in Philippians one. 9 through 11. Listen to this. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense. Let's all say that together. Without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Prove what is excellent. Be sincere and without offense. Amen. There's there's enough offended people. We don't have room for us to be a part of that, huh? No room for us. We're not going to be that. We're not going to take that bait. That's too easy. It's really wimpy. Really weak and wimpy. Huh? It's like like when Popeye didn't have his spinach, and he would hold his arm up, and that thing would sag. I'm offended. Uh. <laughs> so? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Stop the earth. He's offended. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Philippians chapter four. <laughs> this is what I want this is what I want to this is what I want you to take home. This is your memento tonight, okay? What I want you to take home. It's a very, very simple, practical thing. Be anxious for nothing. Isn't that easy? <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, say everything. Amen. But in everything by prayer and supplication. I used to think that was dinner. I didn't know what supplication meant. I thought, oh, so you pray and eat. I like that scripture by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Why, is, why, why does he say to do it with thanksgiving? Because you believe that you receive it. So, so this isn't wishful thinking kind of prayers, is it? This isn't, okay, Lord, hope he heard that one. Oh, you got so much more assurance than that. That's why he says, thank him while you're asking him for it. Thank him while you're asking him for it. There's something about Thanksgiving, it obligates the giver. It obligates the giver. Yeah, I told you about this before, but you know little Jaira was at my house one time? Uh, uh, Carl and Pearl's boy? Poor kid, he's working on being cute. And, <laughs> and they were over at our house, and I, that's where my laser pointer went. I had this little, this little <laughs> laser pointer. Jaira's got it. I just remembered I had this little little laser pointer that was a little pistol, the shape of a little pistol, and uh, and so he came he came over, the whole family came over and said, and, I, and I had it sitting on my dresser. I was like, oh man, I bet jairo will love this. So I, I went and and got it off my dresser and brought it in there. I said, hey jairo check this out. And that kid was entertained for the next two hours with that thing. I mean, he's <laughs> driving our dog nuts because he found out the dog would chase it all over the place. So he had our dog just going everywhere. And, and so he's got that little laser pointer, and, and then it was time for them to leave, and then Jaira walks up to me and says, thank you for the laser pointer, Pastor Eric. You're welcome. Thanksgiving obligates the giver. Hmm? How do you say no? How do you, tell, how do you say, uh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, it's something. He says, do it with thanksgiving. This is proof that God wants to give you what you ask for. It's proof that he wants to give you. He's just waiting to hear from you. And they say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What you're saying is, Lord, I know I have it because I know I have a relationship with you. And I know you love to hear from me. And you said, if whatever things I ask when I pray, if I believe I receive it, I will have it. So I thank you for it. He says, do it with thanksgiving. Let your Prayers be made known. Pray about everything, worry about nothing. Supplication. You know what supplication means? It just means prayer for supply. Whatever you need him to supply, do it with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Now that's a wide open invitation. (laughs) What is it that you want to request from him? He longs to answer your prayer and give you the desires of your heart. Now, Now watch this. Now that is, now we find out here, and, and here's the promise, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind, hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we see here what to pray. What to pray. We pray our, our, for supply. We pray with thanksgiving. And next, now look at this. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, oh, that means I don't watch the news all the time, what, <laughs> whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, I really don't watch the news, do I? Okay, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. Did you hear that? Good report. Let's all say that together. Good report. Good report. If there is anything, any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So Paul doesn't just give you direction and instruction on what to pray, but he gives you instruction on what to think what to think. Think on good things. Meditate on virtuous things. Well, how do I do that? No, not that. I won't think. No, not that. No, No, not that. Ah, yeah, 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 that's good. How do you do that? You guide that thought with what's coming out of your mouth. You talk about virtuous things. You let your conversation be good. And guess what? Your mind starts thinking along the lines of your conversation. You can change how you think by what comes out of your mouth. Amen. Boy, that makes me want to really watch what I'm saying. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. then. Verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. And then Paul shows you what to do, what to pray, what to think, and what to do, and that is put it into action. Put it into action, because when you're talking about it, it gets your mind thinking about it, and when your mind is geared toward good, when it's geared toward noble, when it's geared toward virtue, when it's geared toward praiseworthy things, your actions will begin to follow. Yeah. Hmm? Do these things. Put them into action. All right? Does that help you? Yeah. And lastly, last thing tonight, uh, I want to just look at this. We've got to talk about Jesus, the person of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, just a few more verses here. This is beautiful. We're going to see two real uh, massive truths about Jesus here, all right? Verse 5, 2 verse 5, and it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Did you hear that? No reputation. He didn't come to prove something in that way. He he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. He said, I did not come to be served, I came to serve. The Amplified Version of verse 7 says, But stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant or a slave in that he became like men and was born a human being. God, why would God do that for us? Why would he do that? What What an amazing love that he would leave all of his glory, all of his splendor as God and come and be like us. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Now, not only did he become a man, but look what he did as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He died the worst kind of death. I mean, Jesus went to the lowest place possible when he came here. Here we see the humble Christ. The humble Christ that he totally gave everything that he had in humbling himself to that kind of death that he would say i will become sin i'll become sin so that they can become righteousness i'll take the beating so that they can be healed completely humble himself humbled his entire his body humbled every part of him of himself for us but look at nine Therefore, oh, I love this. God has highly exalted him. Now we have the exalted Christ. Highly exalted him. Didn't he deserve it? Uh, Highly exalted And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. I don't know where that is, but what is under the earth? And that every tongue, say every tongue, every should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is coming a day when this will happen. Every knee is going to bow. Every, every one of them. Nancy Pelosi, her knees are going to bow. She's going to bow the knee. Hmm? Saddam Hussein. Gonna I didn't mean to put them in the same camp, but I don't know. Freudian slip. Thank you for being Huh? Every knee. Hitler, every knee. Hmm? Billy Graham. I got to put the good ones in there too. Every knee. You, every knee. Every knee is going to bow. Every knee is going to bow. Muslims, Hindus, Christians, every knee is going to bow. And confess that Jesus is Lord. Because here's the thing, when we see him, when we see him, we're going to know, everyone's going to know, he is God. He's the real God. He's Lord. Ain't nobody compares to that man. Nobody can even touch him. I've been worshiping a statue and here this God is alive. This God is real. I can talk to him. I can relate to him. Because he humbled himself and became like me. So he deserves the name that's above every name. And the scripture says there is no other name by which men can be saved. No other name. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, that's a powerful name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the... The deliverance, the freedom, the salvation, the healing, the help, the hope that is in your name, the breakthrough, the miracles, the power that's in your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If Jesus, if God, two minutes, if God could name his own son anything in the world, why did he pick that name? Why did he pick that name? They didn't know him like you and I do. His name became Jesus through Greek transliteration. His name was actually Joshua. That's how they knew him. That's how the Jews knew him, Yeshua, HaMashiach, Joshua the Messiah. God named, made sure that his son was named Joshua. Who's the greatest figure in the Old Testament? By far, Moses. Why wouldn't God name his son Moses? I mean, come on. I'm, Moses Messiah. Even It's alliterated. <laughs> Moses Messiah. Why wouldn't he name him Moses? Why wouldn't he name him Joshua? Moses, his name means drawn or drawn out. What did Moses do? He drew them out, didn't he? He brought them out of bondage. He brought them out of slavery. But that's as far as he went. Joshua, ah, he took them into promise. He delivered them into the promised land. Hmm? See, God named his son Jesus so that you would not be focused on what you've been drawn out of near as much as what you have now been brought into. He is a continual deliverer. So when you say, Jesus, you're talking forward. You're talking deliverance. You're talking promise. It gets you focused on what's ahead of you, what God has for you in his son. Hallelujah. It's, been, it's good that we got brought out of the darkness. That's good that ain't the whole story. Well, what you've been brought into is way more than what you've been brought out of. Amen. That's why your testimony needs to be full of the promise of God. Hmm? Amen. I remember growing up thinking somebody had a powerful testimony if they were able to tell me about all the terrible stuff they had done for years. I killed this, I raped that, I shot this, I was in prison here and I got 12,000 tattoos and I did this and I snorted this and I smoked this and I drank this and, and then Jesus saved me, hallelujah. Oh, he's got such a powerful testimony. It's all about what he came out of. What have you been brought into, man? That's what we need to be talking about. I mean, I'm glad you got saved, praise God. But don't let that be your whole life story, just what you've been drawn out of. Oh, he's brought you into so much more because we're seeing abounded grace, much more about it. That my two minutes is up. Let's stand together. You guys are pulling this out of me tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna blame you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands to the Lord for a moment. Lord, thank you. Come on, just utter that name, Jesus. Just declare His name in your life. Declare His name right now in your situation. Declare His name over your family, Hallelujah, over your business. Declare His name in your body, over your body, health, your mind. Jesus, thank you. You are our continual deliverer, always on the scene, a very present help in time of trouble, a very present help in time of need. Thank you that you are right there, just 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 as close as us. Declaring your name, there you are. You're always in our midst. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Oh, God, that we would awaken fully to that reality, awaken fully to that truth. When we really realize, oh, this grace that has come to us. Oh, how saved we are, how redeemed we are, how free we are in Jesus. Oh, God, that we will will shine uninhibited. Lord, we will let our light so shine before men, Lord, we will run this race with endurance. Thank you, Lord, because we realize, oh, this earth, this earth isn't everything. Hallelujah. I have an eternal home. I've got so much more to look forward to. Life everlasting. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for victory, Lord, tonight. Thank you for the favor of God that surrounds your people as with a shield. Lord, so they, they can walk in this confidence that where they go, there is this defense around them. There is this shield round about them called the favor of God, and it's working on their behalf. And, and, and even as the guy, the guy, Solomon, who wrote Proverbs said, so shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that they thrive in health And wholeness in Jesus' name. I just declare strength to these bodies in the name of Jesus. Soundness of mind in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And freedom. 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 And? Yeah. Restoration. Restoration in marriages. Restoration in families. Relationships healed, whole, and restored in Jesus' name. Those things which have been stolen, yeah, yeah. it's coming back. And it's coming back more than what they have. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that now, Lord. Mm -hmm. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom, shalom. Perfect peace. Thank you for that. And now, Lord, as your people leave from here tonight and they get settled into their beds tonight, the lights go out, they will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make them dwell in safety. And when they rise tomorrow, they will know their God, be strong, and do exploits in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.